Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another Tim Talk podcast by Celtic Down Under. I'm your host, Jared, and today I'm joined by Jay Conboy, who runs the Celtic Boys and Girls Around the World Facebook group and is also in the process of setting up a CSE in Long Island in New York. How are you going, Jay? Not too bad, Jared. How are you? Yeah, very good. With the old, uh, you know, as I was, we was just talking off air, with the whole uh, lockdown at the moment, thought it was a good opportunity to catch up with yourself, have a bit of a chat you know, get a Celtic fix in a different way. So, um, yeah, how's everything going over there at the moment without there being any games? How badly are you missing the football? Uh, it's boring, and I miss the football very much, you know. Weekday games and weekend games are are sadly missed. Sadly missed, I mean. But hopefully within time, everything will be lifted and we can get the football back on the air and things can get back to normal. But, yeah, it's... The page has been going really well, um, and surprising with no football, things are still still bouncing. I mean, it's it's really good, entertaining, and you know, hopefully, you know, people will see the page, like it, and like I said, we have good members on. It's always posting about past games, and I think that's what's happening to um, keeping people entertained. There's been a lot of videos posted about past games and. I would just make up for it. I mean, but um, yeah, you've got to fill that void somehow. So, uh, as you said, past games is a good way to do it because then you're still getting a bit of a fix with, like you still get to see the boys out there having to run around, even if it is a previous game. And yep, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was even trying to post uh, a couple weeks ago the uh, old Lisbon Lions game from 1967, and I think I found part of it. I don't think I found the full game. 
but I found part of it, and I thought that would have been a good game to show on the uh, on the page. No, um, that would have been handy. The uh, only problem would have been the quality, you'd think. Yeah, the quality would have been poor because, I mean, the game was in black and white. Yeah. But you would, you would see most of it, and it wasn't bad, bad, bad quality, but it would have been a quality we have today, like. But, yeah, like, I had a couple of mates were over there in the 50th anniversary year, and they got me top, and they got me the DVD and a few other things. So, because that's all been, like, done up and everything it's great but getting a digital copy online of that game that would be the challenge but if you could find that oh i'll tell you what i'll be joining your watch party to get a load of that as well yeah i'll keep looking to see if i can um see if i can find it but if i can find a dvd of it and somehow upload the dvd and show it on the page i would even do that as well yeah um but yeah so, like we said before, we're going to start a, hopefully starting a self-supporters club in New York, uh, Long Island, New York, and it'll be the first supporters club in Suffolk County, New York. Uh, when you think of self-supporters clubs in New York, you think of Jack Dempsey's and the Parlor, which are the two big ones. But Long Island has a large self-supported community, which is surprising because, you know, not many, you, would, you wouldn't think many of us would live out here. This is the suburbs, is kind of country-like. But there are quite a few people out here. So we're in the process of starting that up once everything comes back to normal. And by next season, we should have a full a full run club. Um, I don't want to say too much of the na- name of the place where it's going to be at, but it'll be in Santa Maria's Long Island, which is the mid of Suffolk County. And yeah, it's we had a couple of meetings already and we had a good turnout for the meetings. So, hopefully we'll get a good club up and running. So, that's all watch this space. But, yeah, it sounds exciting. It's one of those things is we're not a Western Scotland club. We're a global, iconic club. So, we've got fans everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. Like me, I'm in Australia. I'm in Australia. You're in America. There's people in... I know a couple of guys who are South African who are Celtic fans. You've got people in Japan, Singapore, Malaysia. And then we're everywhere. I have a large uh, community from um, Nigeria, believe it or not. But we're, we're all over the world. And what I like about running a group, too, I can see a percentage of where my, um, my their members, that I like to call them family, because we are a family on the group. So if I can see a percentage of where everybody is from, and I have people from every country in the world. So it's, it's amazing. I mean, we're a global, a global club. It's uh, So talking about fans everywhere, how did you become a Celtic fan? My mother was from Scotland, and I was back and forth my entire life. So uh, just basically living there, living here, and living back over there, it's it's just basically in your blood. <laughs> you know, you're around it, watching games and being around Celtic supporters too. So, I mean, it, 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 since I'm a little kid from birth, basically, always love Celtic. That's the way, that's a good thing. It's just a way of life. So, yeah, it's just always a good question. When you're talking to someone who's, like, based in a, you know, another country other than Scotland or Ireland, it's always like, so how did you become one? It's always good to hear, and there's always some sort of tie back to the country or the club. So uh, it was great. And it's good to hear, like, people who have no, like, Irish or Scottish um, connection to heritage that are seller supporters, and you ask them, how did I become a seller supporter? And the story behind it just amazing, and it, even though they have no connections with that person or them people anymore, that's they're they're still self supporters. 
you know, it just they they stuck with them, and they're they are huge supporters. You would think that they have Irish or Scottish connections themselves, because that's how much they love Celtic. Yeah, a funny one for me was I did a um, Spotlight Series podcast on the Seoul Celtic Supporters Club over in South Korea, and um, one of the guys who founded the Supporters Club over there, Tom's a local boy. He just did did some didn't want to, you know, didn't want to do, do the uh, stock standard. Oh, I'm going going to go for just an English Premier League team so he looked in at different clubs history and everything and loved what our club was about and what it all stood for and he's a massive fan and you see the stuff he posts all the time all over the place and I'm just like that's exactly what you're just saying there like a absolutely no Irish Scottish background or anything to the club but he's one of the biggest fans I see online I was I forget where I was that I was I think when we were a shopping centre a few years ago and I had my Stalic jersey on because that's worn quite a lot with me. And a man stopped me. He was from Zimbabwe. And talking about Celtic, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, really? So I think he's on my page now as well. But And my friends were looking like, how is he a Celtic supporter? I was like, because we're all over the world. I mean, but how does he know about Celtic? I'm like, we're just, we're everywhere. And it, it, we were talking for a good bit, 10, 15 minutes. So... I mean, we're just, it's a great club. We have great, great people, and the club just, I don't know, it's, it's a way of life, like you said. Yeah, as you said before as well, it's a family, the whole Celtic family. It doesn't matter where you're from, and that ties in perfectly to your group's name as well. You know, boys and girls around the world, there you go, sums it up. So. And if you notice on the group too, like when I welcome new members, I always include the word family yeah. because we are a family, and I'm very lucky. A lot of Celtic groups out there on Facebook, there's a lot of fighting, bickering, a lot of just, a lot of badness. Not bad people, but a lot of negativity. And I don't allow that on the group. I don't want that on the group. I want people to come to the group, enjoy themselves, and just really like the page and be be kind of comfortable posting and not having any negative feedback, which I very rarely have any. You'll have the odd one once in a while throwing a comment there, but it's usually pretty calm very chill and very relaxing and a good laugh the other thing i like about your page when you go through it is it's people respect each other's opinions you may not agree with it but like some pages you see but you get on there and there's people just bickering and arguing and on yours it's like i was looking at one like earlier last week and there's some two people they had completely different views on the way the season should be called should be played out that sort of stuff but they're having a mature adult conversation. It yep. should be this for this reason or that reason. And they just counterpoint, 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 counterpoint. And at the end of it, they're like, one of the guys was like, okay, I see your point. However, I still think we should play out the season. And the other guy was like, no worries, mate. Good talk. And I was like, that's what you want to see online. You don't want to see it, people punching on. Yeah, I don't want that. I mean, I just, it's not allowed. You know, there's no badness allowed. And I have great um, moderators as well. Um, I ran the page myself for four years. I started this group um, four years ago, March 26th. And I just started it. I had a few friends on, 40, 50 friends, and just have a bit of the banter, a bit of chat and that. And before I knew it, it was up to 100, 150. And now we're over 5,500 members. It's, it's amazing. And I've made some really good friends on this group. It's funny you know, how, how it all grows like that because, yeah, you were telling me about that when I started up my Sold It Down Under group because I had a page but I didn't have a group and in three months we're almost at a 1,000 now. But it's like 
the way it's growing, it's just insane to see you go, you hit a plateau and it sits there for a while and then suddenly it's like, boom, another big jump and then it sits there for a while and then there's another big jump. So it's... it's we, hit 5, 000, we hit 5,000 members on Valentine's Day because I was out with my family, went to the casino and we were sitting around dinner and my phone goes like every two minutes, notification, notification, notification. And it was member request. And I just happened to look at the the members and it was a 4,999 and another one came through for membership and that's when I hit 5,000 members. So I was like, wow. And I have a great moderate, um, great team for moderators now. I have Connie, who's a wonderful, a magnificent moderator, always posting and just views and catches everything that should not be. And then I have Haley, who's magnificent and well. She accepts a lot of the members, you know, um, investigates them. Because when you join the group, I do a lot of background checks. I sneak on to your, your page itself, make sure you are a self-supporter, um, see what self the content that's on it. Because I don't want I don't want anybody posing as self, a self-supporter to be on the page to cause negativity and badness. So I have my moderators are just wonderful, a big help. And I ran the page myself. Until about two months ago, I want to say, but two months ago, that's when I started to get help. And it's it's a big help, and it's a good thing I did that because the page is so much better now. I mean, it makes it easier. I'll be honest, I did the same thing a couple of months ago. I had it had the group going, and then I got some moderators on about a month ago, and yeah, it makes makes life a lot easier as well. So yeah, I understand that. It's, it's, yeah, it does because this way they can post their stuff too. Um, you know, the, I mean, anybody can post, but they can post the raw material, and it's coming from the 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 group team itself, people inside the group, and it just makes us a better page, and they can bring their friends in, people. Say, oh, I know her, or I know him. I'm gonna join in because it's their group, and it, it's it's just one of the best things I've ever done was starting this group, and I love every one of my members. I'm just so lucky to have a, a group like this. <laughs> And well done with everything on it and uh, the growth of it and keep going guys everyone who is on Facebook make sure you join up Celtic boys and girls around the world great page get on there give them a like follow please we're on Instagram as well we're on Instagram group name is green and white boys and girls uh, only reason why it's different from the Facebook page is because Celtic boys and girls around the world was too long of a name for Instagram. So <laughs> had to change that up a bit. I was kind of annoyed about that, but yeah, I understand that because we're Celtic down under, but us on Twitter and on Instagram, we had to go Celtic down for the exact same reason. They wouldn't let us put the whole name too in. Too long. <laughs> exact you know, but same reason. It, it's just, it's annoying. Like, you know, I post on Instagram too, but my main focus is on the Facebook. So Okay, so what we'll do is we'll swing it back to the current season since there's no football. Let's have a bit of a chat about that. So what's your review of the season been so far, Jay? It's been a great season. Uh, yeah, it's been a great season so far. The, t- the team we had was magnificent. And, of course, like, the few games here and there were still, but should have won. And, but, of course, the SPL, and we all know, whose side they take, and I'm not going to get into that because that could be a little bit controversial. But no, 
we're going for nine in a row, so what can you say? And couldn't have asked it better. It's a good season. Unfortunately, I had to end a little bit too soon. But one of my favorite players this season and all the rest of the season is Scott Brown because he doesn't take any garbage. Uh, we have some new signings. Um, Patrick Camille, which I would love to have seen him play more. Um, yeah, and Fred and Pog. I think Fred and Pog is a great signing as well. Uh, young, we need we need more young blood. That's what it is. We need more young blood. And glad to see Griffiths back in the field because he's another wonderful player. The funny uh, thing you say there is we need more young blood, but when you go through all the top flight teams in in the Scottish Premier League. Anyone who's played more than five games average and you work it out that way, we're like the third youngest team in the league. I know. I know. It's, it's so strange that we go, we need more young blood, but that's just the way we've been trained now with the whole recruitment process and everything and the, and the business model where we bring them in, play them for a few years, sell them on for a massive profit. So it's uh, funny that, that, that you say that. No, I love Neil Lennon. I've always I've loved Neil Lennon as a player, and I've always loved him as a manager. A lot of people do not like him, but I've always had the love and respect for him. I would love to see Scott Brown at one point manage for Celtic. I would I would love to see Scott Brown on the field managing for Celtic. I think he'd be like a great, great, great manager. He's great on the field. He he owns the field when he's on the pitch. He owns it. So I think Scott Brown would be a brilliant manager one day. Um, but as much as I love Scott Brown, um, I, I mean, he is getting up there in age. I don't know exactly how old he is, but I know he's up in his thirties, which is not old. I'm going to be 40 in August, so I'm not going to say thirties is old, but to play football, you need a little bit of a younger, a younger team. Like, I mean, yeah, there was a Scott story, there was a story about that where teams in Europe and Tent guys, especially in defensive midfielders, are over 30. Bruni was like the highest minutes per get match played out of pretty much every player over 30. There's only three 30-year-olds more than his age, older than him, mm-hmm. playing more or 30-year-old plus playing more minutes than he is. That's right. Yeah, I so, mean he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I mean I love, I worship it down. He's like one of my number one top favorite player. But we do need a little bit younger than in the 30s now because I mean you got a theory I mean you can still move a bit but you need to be able to take control take action and run I mean for the ball lights they've got that that saying where people go oh it's going to be so hard to replace you can't, you're not going to be able to replace him it's going to be you have a look at Cal Mack when he jumps into that number six role he mm-hmm. plays that role just as well, we don't lose anything as a team in terms of performance, but he plays it in a different way. It's we're not going to get the exact same player. Let's be honest here. Let's be real well, look, about it. There's no look point. At saying Lawson. It. Yeah. Look at look at Henrik Larsson. I mean, when Henrik Larsson left, I mean, Henrik Larsson was a god. He was a Celtic god. I mean, and I mean, I'm 40, and I don't think there'll be another player like Henrik Larsson in our, in my day. Right now, anyway, I mean, he was just a, a goalie god. I mean, he just fired goals in, like, right, left, and center. I mean, Henrik Larsson is just a legend, too. But and I, I wouldn't mind seeing him play for Celtic, uh, manage for Celtic. I actually don't think he will for the simple fact that, like, not as an actual manager, because you look at what he's done in management so far, I don't see much of a 
much there to get too excited about. Um, but looking at Bruni, what you say, like, oh, you'd love to see him manage it. Yeah, I would too, but I think it would be Lenny, then it would go to Kennedy, and then Bruni once he's had a couple of years coaching. Yeah, Bruni, I think, is still a little bit too young and too new to be manager. So Bruni, if he's going to be a manager, he wouldn't be for a good number of years yet. But, I mean, he's the boss in the field, and I think he'd be a wonderful boss at Celtic Park. Sure would. I mean, so, so you mentioned before about um, Frimpong, you mentioned his name. Would you say he would have been a player who surprised you the most this season, or is there any, no, I think, any players who surprised you the most that we've signed? Or I, I would say Frank Pog. I mean, he would he he's a he's a good player. He's fast. He's young. Um, scored a few good goals. And I, yeah, I think I don't know. I'm, like I said, Camille, um, Patrick Camille. He seems like he could be a good footballer, and I would love to have seen him play more because he only played a couple of games. Camille, right? He only played about two games, I think it was, or three yeah. at the most. And I think I would love to have seen him play more. The but unfortunately, have. Um, yeah, the unfortunate thing for Clamella was that we signed him. We decided we're going to go two up front. Clamella, he looks, he's got the speed. He would have come in and played that role, but Griffiths just come in and hit hit form that quickly that it kind of didn't give him a chance to settle in and actually get into the first team. Um, yeah, no, I mean another good player we have is Franchetti. I mean you have to love Franchetti. I mean he's another another good player, another great player, I should say. Yeah. Um, and people, you know, one thing that kind of annoys most Celtic supporters a bit is we're Celtic supporters faithful through and through and the player might not have the best game don't give out to him don't start screaming and bad mouthing him they might have a bad day a bad you know a bad game but don't don't trash talk the person because I've seen a lot of still supporters on the groups if somebody misses a goal or doesn't have a good game get rid of him it's time for, me to find, time for us to get rid of him and you can't do that. It just support the boys because that's the only way they're going to be stronger for the next game. Just keep supporting them, supporting them. Don't trash talk them and everybody deserves a fair shot. Everybody deserves a fair shot and, you know, everybody deserves a chance. Agree with you on that, but if we did have to say who do you think's underperformed the most this season on what you thought or what you've seen in previous seasons to this season, would there be anyone that you'd point out. I hear Rogic a lot in people bad-mouthing and those sort of comments you were just talking about. This season, um, underperformance, oh, I mean, I really hate to say it because I do like him, uh, Forrest. I think for Forrest, I've seen him, like, on fire. And this season, I don't think he was his exact best, but... You know, I don't really, really know if he had much of a chance this season, but I've seen a few games where he just fired goal after goal after goal and just was nonstop. And he was a little underperforming this season, I believe. With Forrest, I've said it on previous podcast, which has been was no longer up on our channel, but with him, the thing that I um I view on it is 
Okay, I don't think he's underperforming as much as some people online are giving him pelters for, but what I'm saying is when you had Paddy Roberts backing him up, the two going for there, he was playing, he had to be sharp and on top of his game, and he was doing well earlier in the season, and then suddenly we got some injuries out left, and then he gets moved around a bit, and then once Forrest got moved around then I think it just threw his rhythm off. That's why I think he's underperformed. I think there's a valid reason for it, but at the same time, he should be better than that. No, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, and even um, McGregor. Uh, McGregor's a great player. Uh, I, I mean, we have, we have a good team. I'm not going to say we have a bad team. They just need to... So what I do with Celtic is... The important games, big, big games, they, I've always seen, this is even going back years ago, they always seem to slack off a little bit. They don't give their fullest. And I don't know, it just, it, every game should be an important game. Every game should be an important game, and every game is an important game. But for the UEFA games, I mean, I was hoping this season we would get like really far, farther than we did. And unfortunately, we did not. And I just feel because they just kind of slacked a bit. And every player should be on their ball and on the game at every second of the game, every match. Yeah. What I think with um, what you're saying there, I think we um, we know Lenny, whenever he there's one game to the next, that he's going to make a maximum two to three changes in the squad from game to game. And I think that with the size of our squad and the depth we have in our squad, we should have some more rotation, which would then keep guys fresher so that doesn't happen, what you're, talk- you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think when you've got guys like Cal Mack, who's played 60-plus games for four straight years, and the same for Forrest, I'm not saying it's a bit of burnout, but you can kind of understand if they slip that 2 3 4% occasionally. Yeah, no, of course. But so it's... It's a bit of give and take there. I think we need to rotate a bit more. Like, you bring in a guy like Klumala, we barely see him. You sign Sorrow, he doesn't play. He sits on the bench one day. You, yet you're mentioning guys there. Like, uh, we're just saying about Kalmak, you just mentioned him, where if he's dropped a bit, give him that one game off. Give him two games off. Let him get his have a bit of a break and then come back in fresh again. It's I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no question they're getting burned out. Absolutely. I mean, especially they're playing, you know, a midweek game on a Thursday for like the Europa and then back on the pitch on a Saturday or Sunday. They're going to be burned out. Absolutely. I mean, it happened I, with Tierney before he left. Oh, of course. We've just and, been lucky that it hasn't happened to the other boys we've got in the team. Now, a lot of people are, are kind of bad mouthing Tierney. Um, I think Tierney's another, another wonderful player. I mean, he's one of our own. He's a self-supporter through and through. So, I mean, but unfortunately, he's no longer with us. You know, he's in Arsenal now. Um, but I, I I always give the boys a fair shot, you know, and if I see them having their heart in the game, then that's, that's what you need. You need to have your heart in the game. But, of course, you need a break. You can't you can't be on your on your um, on the game all the time, but I mean, 
there's been a few players that have been underperforming, but not bad. It's and like I guess they Griffith, they're glad they have Griffith's back. Griffith's been on his game since they came back. And he's another he's another great boy. I mean, he took time off because of his personal issues and came back like he had never left. He came back on fire. And that's what that's what you want to see. I mean Yeah. Agreed with that. I think realistically the only two players who have probably underperformed in my point of view compared to what they've done in the past is as an Australian it hurts to say yes Rogic has underperformed but when Christie and Cham are playing so well in front of him at the same position mm-hmm. it that's fair that makes sense because he's always the sort Rogic where he has to play five six games get a run of five or six games before he starts just like make break it into top form and then you're playing that catch 22 you give him those running games is he going to get injured or not so it's one of them the other one who the only other player i've been disappointed with this season is jose just because he's become like boyata left and jose stepped up to become the bomb scare at the back yeah it's it, when you bring a new player and when you bring new players in i think they need to play more don't just keep benching them put that even as a uh, sub Bring them on the first, uh, bring them on for the game. Don't bring them on as just the sub. Put them out there. Let them play. Let them get the feel of the, the feel of the team. You know their their team players or their, that's I can't think of the word. You know their teammates, and put them out there. Just don't just don't keep them on the sideline. Put them out there. Let them do their thing and let them see how they play for a few games. You know you don't think they're performing as well at first. Bring them as his subs and, you know, just keep training them. But we, the new players need to be played more <clears throat> instead of being put on the bench and just watching their teammates play. Put them out there, and that's the only way they're going to get to be better players is just make, let them play. Great. And I know if I was the football, I wouldn't want to be sitting on the bench watching the game. I'd want to be out there playing. Exactly. It's the competitive nature of uh, being a professional athlete. You'd want to be out there contributing and playing every week so especially when they're in that age group between say 16 and 23 24 if they're not playing they're they're wasting years of their career their main development years so they should be playing they should be playing i mean they're young enough to play that's why it was good that afalabi went on loan to dunfermline because for me we brought him in apparently he was promised he was going to be in the first team before christmas we had all those injuries of strikers unfortunately he was hurt at the same time so we signed clamella and then Griffith comes back into some form. So suddenly he's like, all right, well, we'll get you some first-team football out. You go on loan. Like, to me, that made perfect sense. Again, I'd like to see him play more. He only played a couple of games, you know, and I think he would have been a, a fantastic player for the boys if he had the, if he had, this, if he had the chance. Hopefully for next season, if he's still with us, he'll um, he'll be a better footballer and he'll be able to play more. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, the way Lenny plays, I don't think um, we'll be keeping Bayo around. I reckon Bayo will probably move on if uh, if Eddie stays, and then we'll keep, um, even if Eddie goes and we bring someone else in, I think Bayo will be off, and then we'll have um, Afalabi come into that role. So that's just my little guesswork at the moment. No, absolutely. And Meacham, Meacham's a good player as well, so I hope we get to keep him. Nietzsche's a really good player. I like I liked his work on the uh, on the field. 
I find him a bit of a strange one because he's like a Rolls Royce of a player. You get him out there and he can be so good, but then, but then in some games he just looks like a Ford Fiesta. Like he's <laughs> it's the nicest way to sum him up. It's like some games, like you get him in Europe away against Lazio, have a look at him, and that's him. And you look, if we had that player every week. That's wow. what I'm saying. Like, you know, some games, they're on their fullest. And I think if you're going to have a star player, uh, like a, a player who you know is really good, keep them off a couple of games before a Europa game. This way they have the energy to go out there and move like a bull. Like, you know, go out there and just be their best of the best for an important game like the Europa. I would love to have seen us get in the European Cup this year. Yeah. I would love to have seen it. I mean, and I thought this would have been the year, but unfortunately, it's not. But when you have a player playing like almost every game, especially for a, an important game like the Europa or UEFA or Champions League, you need to keep them off for a few games before. This way, it gives them a break, gives them the rest, and they can go out there and be fire-like. Um, Could not agree more with that. Like, you got... Play, some players, that's what I was saying before about rotating guys, rotating the squad because, yeah, like it ties in perfectly. It's one of them ones where if we got, we've got quality player there like in Cham, give him a rest, get him, tell him you're not playing. I need you at 100 percent so you can go 100 miles an hour the whole game. Even yep. Christie, like with his with his energizer batteries that he's got got in him. He, Christie plays with about seven lungs or something like that compared like that's how fit he is and he's pressing you get him out there and run and run and run but yeah backing up after after a European game maybe you need to say to him okay we give it all you got in the European game and then we'll let Rogic or someone go out there and have a run on the weekend and then you can rest yeah I mean that's what you need just you know you know nobody can go full force all the time especially footballers. I think football is the the best exercise you can get. It's the best sport for exercise because you're always running, you're always moving, and your body's going in every different direction. So I think it's like one of the best exercises, and nobody can exercise 24-7. You need a break, and you can't go full for seven days. So, um, I mean, it's, it's okay for a player to be benched once in a while, but... The young blood need to be put out there. I'll just say Lenny needs to realise it's a squad game and just, you know, rotate a bit a bit more occasionally. I love Lenny, don't get me wrong. I was wrapped when he came back in. I didn't like the timing of when he was appointed in the shower straight after the, the treble treble, but he's the right man for the job here. He started the run at the ten, let him finish it off. But yeah, like he's gotta he's gotta rotate guys. I love Lenny. I have a lot of respect for Lenny, especially from the last time when he managed Celtic. You know, there's a lot of reasons why he left, but he was getting a lot of a lot of negative feedback. I'll, I'll just say that. I, you know, we all know what the story was, what was going on. But through, through all that of him and his family going through what they went through, and he came back to Celtic. He came back as a sub and wound up staying with us. And you wonder, like, all right, there was many reasons why he left, but one of the main factors, the last time he was at Celtic, there was a lot of things going on. Was that not in the back of his mind? Could this happen again when I'm at Celtic? And 
he stayed with us. He backed us, and but like you said, he needs to he needs to rotate. There was one game, and I had never really noticed or never seen Lenny get mad at players before. But there was one game where he was just like a, a demon at a couple of the players. Like you could see his face turning red and just like just ready to chuck him. And I'm like, oh my god, Lenny is just. He's a good manager, don't get me wrong, but he needs to just rotate players more and needs to think about the games that he's putting the players on to play. Is this player suitable for this game? Is this player suitable for this game? And, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, though, because with Lenny coming back, I just love the story that we heard at the time where him and his family were off to, I think it was Dubai or something, for a holiday. And... um, the phone call come through from Peter Law to him while he was at the airport, and his missus saw the uh, saw who it was. He's hung up the phone. She goes, "Was that the call we thought it might be?" He goes, "Yeah." She's like, "All right, you're not coming on holiday. Off you go." <laughs> like she knows yeah. how much the club means to him. Like that's great. That yeah, with all the the trouble that went on with him and his family, the fact that he's that even his wife's supporting him being there. That's that's yeah. great to see. And he backed us. He, you know, Lenny didn't say, "Well, no." I'm not going to go back to sell because look what happened before. I don't want to put us through that. He took that risk. He took that chance and he's back with us. And I, like I said, I loved Lenny as a player, you know, and a manager, even as a manager before, but I have even more respect for him now. I mean, that's, that just, so that just shows you how much somebody loves Celtic to put that risk for the club. Yeah. At the end of the day with that there, it's not about the player, the manager, it's about the man and how much that man loves the club and what he's willing to do for the club. And to me, that's, that that goes above and beyond all the bullshit that goes with it. Exactly. And it's one of those things where people can go down on the sideline and assault him at, you know, over against Hearts or, you know, send stuff to him in the mail, but he's just like, no, well, I'm still here. I mean, yeah, no, it's... But I, I just can't wait now for next season because obviously the season's over now. But I can't wait to see what's in store for next season because, it, and we have we have some new signings I believe for our next season, some new uh, loans and new signings. So I just really can't wait to see what's going to happen for next season and, you know, what he's going to do with the uh, team for next season and see how far we can go. Maybe go for ten in a row. Yep. So speaking of next season and going for ten in a row, what do you think? our recruitment's been like in the last 12, 18 months and what areas do you think we need to strengthen for next season? Well, we definitely need to strengthen for the uh, bigger games, like the European games, uh, you know, you wait for Champions League, whatever game we're going to be in for next season, that definitely needs to be strengthened. And Lightning needs to sit down with the team and says, and say, we need to go for this because now we need to win all the trophies. We've done nine in a row, eight in a row. Now we need to go for the big one and... The recruitment, I really, you know, I have a lot of um, mind blanks, but I really can't think of right now who we have for next season, the new boys. But we have new players. That's a good thing. And we'll just have to wait and see how they, um, how they're going to play. The next year, the players we have now, I mean, Frimpog, hopefully he gets a better chance next season. Clamilla. Hopefully he gets a chance next season to play more games. Yep. 
I think with Sorrow, that's good for the defensive midfield position. I think realistically we need to decide, okay, are we going to, with a guy like O'Connor, are we going to play him at right back or are we going to make him a centre back? <laughs> and then if we're going to make him a right back, does that mean we're moving um, Alhamed into centre back full time? Or does that mean we need to go and recruit another centre back? There's that whole situation there as well, because to me, that's where I think our biggest weakness is going into next year, is we need another centre-back. We need to try and keep Forster full-time, sign him on a perm, but we need another centre-back. You need to just do practice games, uh, train training and practice games, and see where your players best belong. Because I don't think they have a... They do a lot of training, but I don't think it's just well thought out of where each player is best and where they perform the best. Yeah, I think consistency is the key there as well, where we have consistent run of games and consistent lineups where you want to have certain centre-back pairings playing together, certain back fours playing together so that it all builds up so they get used to playing together. That was what Lenny was real good with when we beat Barcelona all those years ago was we had a settled team. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing too. You need to the, the other your teammates need to be comfortable at the position your other teammates are in. So the the entire team has to get comfortable at everybody in their own position and each other's position. If I'm if I, you know what I mean, I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. That's the only way they're going to work well together. Because if you have the team all over the field, all over the place, and going back and forth, passing by each other, it's not going to end well. It's really not going to end well, and. The team has to be in one position, know the position, and just kind of figure out a strategy of where they're going to go and just to win the game. Yep, that's the main goal, winning games and winning titles. So just jump into, I just realized I didn't ask you this question earlier. Who would be your player of the season this year? Ooh, Player of the season this season. For us, and also a young player of the season. To be honest, um, it would have to be Brown, I would say. I would say Scott Brown. That's um, perfect. That, and then young player of the season, that, that works well, because then you could still put like Edward or someone into young player of the season if you wanted to, and then we're covering off all bases. You know, I don't know. It's the whole thing. I mean, I that game with Rangers, with um, Morelos, what happened between him and Scott Brown, Scott Brown just owns him. And that's why I love Scott Brown, because he just, when he's on the parkhead pitch, he owns that pitch. That, that It just belongs to him. And the other teams know that. They know they're going to parkhead. They're going to go on the parkhead pitch and they're going to have to deal with Scott Brown. And I, I, I don't know. He may not score a lot, but he just owns that pitch and he's the boss. He's the boss on the field. And that's why I love him. He'll be he'll be my main man for any season or any game. Fair enough. I love the sounds of that. So who would your all-time favorite Celtic player be and why? Ooh, now that's a good question. I'm getting into my favorite questions now. Henrik Larsson, the King of Kings. 
like once again, I'm 40, so I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of players before my time, um, and even before Larson, but would have to be Henrik Larson. That's that's my opinion. Nothing wrong with that, because yeah, for for me it's um, Larson's the king of kings, but my my all time favourite's Paul McStay because that's when I started getting into the team. Like I'm 37, I'm not much younger than yourself, but yeah, so we're about the same vintage watching those games and everything. But to me, it was like Paul McStay in that early 90s, then Larson when he come in. Yep, that's happy days for me. Yeah, I mean, McStay was a great player too along those times. Um, and even like that, I used to go to a lot of the games during the Larson period. So like Larson, um, Hartson, uh, Petro, all them boys. I mean, that's, that's what he used to go to a lot of, he used to get to a lot of the games. Um, but Henrik Larson is my all-time number one favorite player. Can't uh, argue with that at all. I, I just, it, you knew whenever Larson was on the pitch that he was going to score at least one goal. And you could always count Larson's on. Well, we got this game. And if you were behind a goal, you're like, doesn't matter, Larson's there, we still a chance. No, there's always a chance, always a chance at Larson. And even with managers like, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good managers. Um, before Lenny, I would say one of my all-time favorite ones would be Martin O'Neill. Absolutely. I loved Martin O'Neill. I mean, he was a really good manager for us. I think he was a very nice guy, too. Like, loved his players, as a lot of the managers do, all the managers do. But I think Martin O'Neill had a soft spot for his players, too. Martin O'Neill, you can tell he played for the um, Brian Clough, the way that Clough he was with all his players back at like Nottingham Forest and, then, you know, all, all that sort of stuff, the way he was like super protective of his players, loved his team and did everything. Yep. And you can tell Martin O'Neill played for him and learned a lot from him because he was the same way as when he was managing at Leicester and then with us. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, you know, like, like I said, I have a lot of like mind gaps, um, but I can't mind who was manager after Martin O'Neill. Jeez, uh, I can't remember either. That wasn't my brain. I, know that I can hardly remember what I had at breakfast yesterday. I'm wondering, never mind that far back. Jeez. Oh, I don't have to look it up because it's, yeah. So it was, but, yeah. Was, was it not, yeah, Martin O'Neill was after the whole John Barnes fiasco. I know that much. But all time favorite player would have to be Henrik Larson, the King of Kings. All right, so if you had to do a Mount Rushmore or a top five of Celtic players, who would be your top five that you've seen in your lifetime? In my lifetime, there you go. Okay, uh, Larson, definitely number one. Hartson, two. Scott Brown, three. And believe it or not, could it say Sean Maloney? Uh, nice. And and four would I have four enough five. That's where it gets tricky because you know you don't want to leave whoever you leave out I, at six or seven. There, there, there's so many. There's so many like you know that you put up there. And oh, but the fifth one that's a hard one. Oh Neil Lennon, sorry Neil Lennon. What am I talking about? <laughs> you know, mind yeah. gap. There you go. Like you know. There's only one Neil Lennon. There's only one option for that number five spot. Then there you go. 
That's it, yep. Alright, one of my next favourite questions for you. What are some of the most memorable games that you've seen Celtic play either live or on TV in your lifetime? And what is it about those games that makes them so memorable? Now you stuck with this question, talk about Minecraft. Holy Jesus. Um, <laughs> if you can't, then oh, we'll just uh, skip it. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. There's been a lot, but I, I just... You know, we we had one game this season, and I can't remember who it was against. The, the score was what seven was it seven nil or it was around that around that score goal six or seven nil, and I can't mind what team it was against. Round one of the season against St Johnston. St Johnston's right okay, unbelievable. I mean my my poor neighbours, my poor that's all I got to say. Me screaming and cheering, and having music on after the game. All I could say is my poor neighbours, you know. <laughs> Thank God my neighbors know me. I mean, <laughs> so what times are kickoffs for you over there then? Cause you're um, normally, usually for, yeah, usually for like a Celtic and Aberdeen game, it'll be a six thirty between six thirty and seven thirty a.m. kickoff because we are five hours behind Scotland. Uh, so if it's a well, midday, if it's the twelve thirty kickoff, then you're about seven thirty. Then if it's the you know the three o'clock kickoff or whatever, then you'd be I mean, laughing. Yeah, I've like seen some games. Well, I've even seen some games kick off here at six a.m. And and I, that's that's early in the morning here, you know. Um, you know, especially for me, you know, my, my cheering and my music on after the game, and for a mid a mid we uh, mid game, which is usually in the evening over there, it's about two forty five over here in the afternoon. Oh, that'd be pretty handy then. You you've got the best of both worlds for all of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing is like when you're doing a self supporters club, um. You have to open you know, if it's in a bar and that which it normally is in the bar, you have to open really early. And for people to come out and open a bar at six o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning, it's kind of like do I really want to open up that early and because in New York now we can't open up any time we want to on a Sunday. Um you're not really supposed to open before eight, but you could have a door kind of open and blinds down. A lot of bartenders who are not familiar with Celtic and the club do not want to come in that early because they don't understand the meaning of the game, and they're not sure if they're going to make money. But it is, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's an early kickoff, but it's well worth it. It'll be well worth it, and yeah, hopefully we can just get a club going and be ready for next season because I can't wait for next season. Bring on the 10, that's all I have to say. That's it, 100%, 10 in a row. That's what we're going to get next year. Nice. Okay, last question for you. Other than Messi and Ronaldo, who would be the one player that you've seen play against Celtic and wish that they could sign for us? Besides Messi and Ronaldo, you said, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. leave those two out because that's a bit too obvious. Yeah, yeah, uh, wow. Um... You know, believe it or not, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but anybody listening will probably hate me for this. Probably, uh, what was it? What was the Rangers player named years ago? He was an Italian player. Is it Amoruso, was it? Amoruso, yeah. There was yeah. him, and there was 
one other one that they had as well, but yeah. Because they were, I mean, they were good players. I mean, they. I just, I just had um, Patrick Vieira pop into my head just now, like he's someone I was, I liked back in the day when he was at Arsenal. It's just every time I ask this question, a different player <laughs> pops into my head as well. So it's, it's funny. You know, years ago, a lot of my friends were Rangers supporters, so I was kind of the only Celtic supporter in the group, like, and. You know, you just an Italian player, an Italian Catholic playing the Rangers, and you'd be like, you wonder when they when the game finishes, does he bless himself and does he sing the sash? I mean, like, <laughs> and I think that's why I would love to see him play for Celtic because you play for Rangers, you know, your Rangers supporters, you're singing all these songs and you're doing all these chants, but here's an Italian Catholic playing for your team and. I think I would just love just to rub it in, just to stick into them. Like, yeah, I would love to have seen them play for Celtic. Just so it could stick it into them. Like, well, here's your boy now playing for us. Like, you know. It's... Yeah, fair enough. That's a, uh interesting take on it. I mean, it's a bit on the bitter side. I'm sorry, you know, but. Nah, I just, it's a, it's a funny question, though. I just look at it and go, it can go many different tangents, many different ways. And, yeah, I'm just like. We all love a chance to just like give them a get it right up yours to the uh, the blue half of Glasgow, but yeah. <laughs> you know, people ask like people ask like you know what teams are in Scotland, but your four main teams, yeah. I mean, of course, it's Aberdeen, Dundee as well, but your four main teams would be this, the Glasgow side, the Celtic Avengers, and the Edinburgh side, Hibs and Hearts, and that's the that's the four main teams you'd say in Scotland. Your four bigger teams I'd want to say but I thought it was funny a couple of years ago when other than us all three of them the other ones were in the second tier oh of course well we're going to be number one always yeah (laughs) but I I actually found that amusing when they when I think it was Hearts got relegated or something like that and and Hibs got relegated that's right and I was just like this is unbelievable like as you're saying like when I started following the game you the, the the big four clubs over there were the two Edinburgh teams, the two Glasgow teams, and it's like suddenly it's like, hang on, three of those four are in the second tier. What's going on here? Yeah, in a way, I actually think it's good to see clubs like Killy coming up and um, Aberdeen reemerge. And well, you know, you know Aberdeen's sort of always been a good team because that's another thing too. When we're playing Aberdeen, you know, we have a fight in our hands because Aberdeen. I mean, they they have a good fight with them, a good fight on them. I mean, they, we have to be our best of the best when we're playing Aberdeen. And whenever I see, like, you know, we're playing Aberdeen, I'm like, oh, all right, Celtic, so you got to be on your game for this one. Because Aberdeen does have good players, and they, they are a good team, and they're a hard team to play against. The thing is, McInnes organises them well, but I know, like, whenever I see we're playing Aberdeen, I'm like, yeah, I know we're going to win, but we're going to have to work for the win. Well, that's what it is. You know, they... You have to work for it. I mean, and I don't. I don't always say we're gonna win this. I, I'm just like, all right, you got to be on your game, sailor. Come on, because it's always a question: Are we gonna win this? Because Aberdeen, I, I've seen a few games where we've lost against Aberdeen, and sad to say, but Aberdeen kind of deserved to win because they were not. The Celtic was not on their best, and but Aberdeen is a very good team. And a hard team to play against. I would say they're even more so than Rangers. 
Yeah, because Rangers, you don't know which one's going to show up. Are they going to show up and actually play, or are they going to just be a bunch of donkeys? You never know who's yeah, going to show up with them. And then you get Aberdeen, you know they're going to be workmanlike, you know they're going to sit back, they're going to attack, they're going to be physical, they're going to attack directly through a big striker and then play off him. Like well, I think Ab- yeah, Aberdeen's, a, Aberdeen's another team that has their heart and soul into their club. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, gonna, they're always going to, they're not going to come out there and just kind of walk around with a banana drink all night. They're going to come out there and they're going to fight for their win. Exactly. Yeah, so. I've, got nothing, I've got nothing but respect for them as a club over the years, even though, personally, I know, I know a bunch of people who can't stand them to me, but I've never seen anything from them that makes me think you guys are a bunch of pricks, go away, <coughs> sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of other teams in Scotland I've had those moments with, but I've never had that with Aberdeen or their fans. So, yeah, plus they, they hate Rangers almost as much as we do, so it's always a bit yeah. uncommon. I guess that's the one thing we have in common. <laughs> Us, Hibs and Aberdeen, the three clubs like that, and Dundee United, yeah. But we've got that in common. You know, if you see the if you see the group and everything, you know, my, my page, I put a lot of memes up and I, I heard in a couple of podcasts about like, you know, when you when you scroll down the groups and that, all you see is like Rangers, you see and I'm very strict. I not right now because of all the lockdown stuff. I don't really allow. I, I want really Celtic off the football material on the page. I don't really want comedy and jokes on the page and anything off Celtic. But I've been slipping now because there's nothing else really to do and talk about. So allowing a lot of other stuff. But I post a lot of memes, and a lot of the memes I do I make myself. There's a lot of photos up on um on my group, and. I, I have a lot of uh, memes against Aberdeen, but I heard in a lot of podcasts before about Rangers. You know, a lot of like there's a lot of stuff about Rangers and a lot of the uh, Celtic groups. And my group, you will see a lot. You won't see many Ranger stories, but you'll see a lot of the of memes taking the piss out of Rangers. Now, if you've been through the group, you know the one player I really dislike. I'm going to use that word dislike. Um, is Morelos. I mean, the the man just even even seeing him annoys me, and I just make a lot of memes, just ripping it out of him. A lot of them messed up, like you know. Um, if I ever meet the man in the bar, I gotta buy him a pint. But the amount of piss that I take out of him. <laughs> I just think the um with with Morelos, the thing going for him is well. He may score a lot of goals against a bunch of like lower lower tier clubs, but he's got he's just got a head you want to punch. Like let's be honest here, it's just he's just got a face for radio. That guy. Uh, uh, he said what? He's got a face for radio. That's what you're not going to see his face. Just <laughs> hear his voice. It's the sort where you just want to see him in a you just want to like punch him in the face and just you know because it couldn't make him look any worse. Oh my! It looks like he's been punched in the face a few times. You know, I mean. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like I said before, Aberdeen's a great club. Um, they're, they're just a club you know you're gonna have to fight against. And like I said, it's the one thing we have in common. We all don't like Rangers. <laughs> Put it that way. We all strongly dislike them instead of saying hate because you know. Yeah. Hate's a, hate's a strong word, you know. I use the word 
against him very often in my everyday life, but on a podcast, I won't say it. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'll say it in the week of a game, I hate Rangers because that's who we're going to play. But overall, they're that far under my radar. I just, I just strongly dislike them. I'm not going to lose any sleep over them and no. what they're doing and who they're signing. They need about £50 million worth of investment just to try and catch up to where we're at now, let alone over overrun us. And if they try that, they'll be going back into the grave. They'll be into the grave with the first uh, first version of the club anyway. So, yeah, yep. don't bother me. Um, yeah, it's... But it's just... I'm just trying to make the group a little bit more um, entertaining. I've been slacking on the memes and posting that. Posting few stuff up here and there, but this coming week now, I'm going to see if I can work on getting some more things up, a lot of watch parties. I want to get more watch parties and past games up. So I think I might start working on tonight on that. And the best thing with the group is I can schedule when a post is going to be put up. So I can possibly make a whole bunch of watch parties and schedule them for throughout the week to be posted on the page. So... I mean, is anybody out there who wants to see a specific watch party put up, just let me know and I'll put it up. That's Pass what we like. You know, the videos and just send me your requests. And you can also email us at selficbag88 at gmail.com. Good stuff. All right, Jay, thanks for having a chat with us. Appreciate it. Everyone give the Celtic boys and girls around the world on Facebook a like and a follow. And, um, yeah, we'll have another chat later on once you, you know, CSC's up and running and once the games are back or we know some more details, I'm definitely keen to have another chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jared, for having me. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your time. And I look forward to chatting soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.